When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 127, and today we are talking about books being released on October 3rd, 2017, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my fellow podcast, Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Hello. Hi there. It's fall, like officially October. Yes, it's crazy. It is crazy, and it's great, and there are so many books coming out. I'm overwhelmed. Like, we were talking just before we started about how you had read a ton of the things coming out today, and you couldn't narrow it down, and I struggled to get all of my reading done. I've been traveling for the last week or so for work, but I have read books, and I have things to talk about, and I'm super excited. It's Dan Brown Day, among other things. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. Yes, I so. couldn't pick which ones I wanted to talk about, so instead I'm just going to recite all the plots of all the episodes of Perfect Strangers I've watched in the last 48 hours. <laughs> Your Instagram the, story has been fun. It's Oh my goodness, the whole like classic TGIF lineup is on is on Hulu right now. Like Hanging with Mr. Cooper, Step by <gasps> Step, Family Matters, Full House. It's crazy. So I've been watching Perfect Strangers. I You're uh, in it the started Friday station. morning and I'm I'm already like on the fourth season. Oh. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's Nostal- impressive. My new my new uh, tagline is nostalgia is my binky. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I just want comfort. You know, here in 2017, whatever you can use as your binky, I say go for it. Yeah. I'm having a bit of a rough week. So I broke my toe last week. Oh um, liberty. Yeah, chasing. Was it with cat. a book? No, it wasn't with a book. I did have a book-related broken toe once where I was at the uh, Boston Book Festival and my coworkers let go of a trolley of books on a ramp and it rolled back over my foot. But uh, this one was just chasing the cats around the house. Just, like, took the corner too fast and kicked the bench. And Is it your pinky toe? Yeah. It's, oh, it's the same one. This is the third time. <laughs> Wait, I don't think... We haven't ever had this conversation. I've broken both of my pinky toes twice each. Yeah, because they're on the outside, and they're vulnerable, yep. and... And I know. never wear shoes, and I flail around a lot. <laughs> yeah. So basically, my life is exactly the same. Like, I'm just sitting around and reading, except now my toe... <laughs> my toe is, like, banging out beats like John Bonham, just like, while I'm trying to read. <laughs> you gotta buddy tape it to the toe next to it. Oh, yeah. It hurts too much to touch it. Well, well, I'm glad you're getting, I guess, the same amount of reading time, but a good excuse for... Mm-hmm. Just hanging out. Uh, Before we start into the books for the week, I want to let our listeners know there are going to be some changes happening at the good ship, all the books. That's true. Um, I'm going to start talking like this. Hello, you're listening to all the books. (laughs) I mean, that could be one of them. Um, Oh, okay. 
But in order to work on some other big projects that we have coming up in the next, well, really over the next year, I need to free up some time um, and it will, well, the new project will include a lot of research and reading time and I didn't have a way that I could keep doing all of this show and the new thing that I'm working on. So starting in November, I'm going to be on the first and third episodes of all the books each month. And then Jen and Amanda will each be on one episode instead of me. Um, So you'll get Liberty and me and Jen and Amanda. uh, And I think that's a pretty awesome deal for listeners. I'm sad to not be doing this every week, um, at least for a while, but I'll still be in our Slack chats with the insiders. I'll still be here twice a month. um, And that way I'll get to like really pick the awesome things that I'm reading and try to give you my highlights maybe for the whole month when I'm in on those two shows. So... Yeah, I'm sad, but it's like, you know, it's like, here, you can't have this cake, have some other cake. Two other kinds of cakes. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I just referred to our friends as cake. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they would mind. They're very sweet. (laughs) Yes, so I'm excited. I'm excited for your stuff. I'm excited for them. Um, Yeah. Now do you want to talk about books? I do want to talk about books. Yes, tell me. Okay. Uh, because I have I think today I've read more, well, maybe not more of the books than any other day this year, but one of them. And so I'm going to start with this one that just blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind. And you've probably heard everyone talking about it. And I'm kind of surprised I didn't have to fight you for it. Like I thought, like, Rebecca's going to have read oh, this. And It was on my short list, but there was no way I was going to get to it. Yeah. It's incredible. It's Her Body and Other Parties by Carmen Maria Machado. It is this book of fantastic stories. So fantastic. It is now on the National Book Award long list, which just announced last week. Last week? Week before last? All goes by so fast. It's just this stunning, smart, sexy, scary, more S-words, like, collection of stories that's sort of psychological gothic tales about women's bodies And the violence done to them, you know, whether it's sex or childbirth or plastic surgery, um, it sort of combines body horror with feminism and queerness and art, and it's so good. It's so good. Um, There's one about a young wife who has a green ribbon around her neck, and she's, you know, she tells her husband, like, you can do whatever you want with me, and... You know, I'll always be a good wife to you, but don't touch the green ribbon. So, of course, all he wants to do is touch the green ribbon. Um, There's sort of a supernatural law and order fan fiction story, um, which would work better for me if I've ever watched an episode of Law and Order. Like, I mean, I would understand it more, I'm sure. Like, not because it's a great story, but like, I've never seen Law and Order, which is strange. But that is um, strange given your Netflix binging. It'll have to be next or something. Um, There's one about a writer who's on a writing retreat and starts having hallucinations. Um, and sees all kinds of crazy things. There's one where a lady has plastic surgery, and then she has a visitor after her surgery is all over. Um, It's sort of like a ghost story. The writing is just incendiary. I mean, it's so good. Um, And there's, like, there's not a story out of place. Like, there's not... Like, sometimes you read a story collection, and you're like, that one was eh, and this one was really good, and these are okay, you know. Every story is fantastic. Um, If you like... Yoko Ogawa, uh, Helen Oyeyemi, Kelly Link. Um, this should have been on your radar yesterday. It's so, so good. It's called Her Body and Other Parties by Carmen Maria Machado. 
We can keep up the woman power here because my first pick is Nasty Women, Feminism, Resistance, and Revolution in Trump's America. It's edited by Samita Mukopadye and Kate Harding. And this is a collection of essays by 23 feminist writers that take the history, how we got here, what happened, if you will, um, where we are now and the future uh, of dealing with America's political climate. Um, The essays span a just a huge breadth of tones. Some are about as funny as a person can be when handling this subject matter. Some of them are very serious. Um, Many of them address sort of the darker or more difficult parts of uh, feminism's history, including that the original suffragettes who got women the vote, uh, many of them were racist and they cared about getting women the vote, but they left women of color behind. Um, They were not saints. And we need to reckon with what that has done in terms of giving white women power and position in society that women of color don't have. Um, And that's especially important given that 53% of white women voted for Trump uh, in this election. What does it say when women choose a leader like that over Uh, a woman over someone who has respect for women's rights and for their bodies and will fight for those. Um, There's a lot of exploration of the glass ceilings that have been broken and what it might take to finally break this ultimate glass ceiling and have a woman be elected president. There's a lot of rage at Bernie bros for the harassment that they uh, participated in. And obviously it's not all Bernie supporters, so don't at me. Um, But It was a thing that happened during the election, and many of these writers were outspoken supporters of Hillary Clinton and were on the receiving end of abuse, not just from conservatives, but from fellow liberals um, who were just angry that their candidate hadn't got the nomination. Uh, And just women went through a terrible time during this election, and they take that on. And the writers, like, these are just great writers. There's Cheryl Strayed, whose piece predictably, I guess, had me crying within like the third sentence, Rebecca Solnit, Samantha Irby, Jessica Valenti, Nicole Chung. There's just a ton of talent um, and women of all ages and from a variety of backgrounds writing about feminism, resistance, and revolution in Trump's America. It is a great, great collection. There is a little bit, you know, for everybody, there's a lot to chew on and think about. There's some really challenging stuff. There's some things that, you know, I sort of felt to be convicting as I could have done more or I should have had this conversation or, oh my gosh, I didn't even know this part of feminist history. Uh, a really wonderful collection to add to your bookshelf uh, if this is your jam. And if it's not your jam, then I'm kind of surprised you're still at the All the Books party, to be honest. Uh, So it's Nasty Women, Feminism, Resistance, and Revolution in Trump's America, edited by Samita Mukopadye and Kate Harding. All righty. Would you like to hear about our first sponsor? Yes, please. Okay. Our first sponsor this week is Lighter Than My Shadow, which was written and illustrated by Katie Green. This is a memoir that deals with overcoming anorexia and sexual abuse and becoming whole. Um, Like most kids, Katie was a picky eater. She would sit at the table in a silent protest. She would hide uneaten toast in her bedroom. She would listen to her parents threaten that she'd have to eat it for breakfast. But in any life, a set of circumstances can collide and normal behavior can soon shade into something sinister and almost deadly. Lighter Than My Shadow is a hand-drawn story. This is a graphic memoir um, of struggle and recovery. It's also an inspiration to anybody who believes in the human power to endure and to eventually find happiness. Um, So sounds like a 
difficult but important book. And again, it's called Lighter Than My Shadow. It's written and illustrated by Katie Green. So thanks to them for sponsoring this week. I have that. I haven't read it yet. I should read that. Sounds good. I need to read it. I'm having a hard time seeing my whiteboard. The sun is so bright through the window all of a sudden. Maybe the front of my eyes fell off. Oh, dear. I don't know what's happening. Hold on. I gotta, like, (laughs) blink it out here. Okay. I don't know. I don't understand how the planets work. Lots of sun. Um, My next pick is called Malagash, and it's by Joey Como, who is one of my favorites. He wrote uh, Bible Camp Bloodbath, which turned into a longer version called The Summer Has Ended and We Are Not Yet Dead. Um, there's, or we're not yet saved. <laughs> Some of them are dead ends. Uh, there's, uh, his collect, uh, book, One Bloody Thing After Another, which I absolutely loved. Um, he wrote this book of fake resumes or, um, inquiries about jobs called Overqualifieder. And there's a sequel, but he had this quote in it that I've always remembered that I loved. It was like, Dear Sir, I am inquiring about the bookkeeping job. I have been keeping books for four years and I am never giving them back. <laughs> and I was like, That's me! I love this! I've just always remembered that. It's so funny. He's just so fantastic. He's hilarious. He's great on Twitter. Um, and he has taken sort of the strange and sweet bits of his writing and crafted a really lovely, slim book about loss. It's a, it's a lovely novel. It's about a teen girl named Sunday. She's a tech wizard, um, and her father is dying. Uh, it's it's no like there's no saving him. They're coming to terms with it. He's come to terms with it. They're going to stay in his family home in Malagash, um, and you know so he'll have his last days there with his mother and, and surrounded by his family, his childhood home. Um, and so Sunday has decided that she is going to record everything her father says. And she's going to turn him into a computer virus, which she's going to release into the world um, once he's gone. So he will live on forever. You know, she's she's hiding tape recorders and microphones all over the place. And she's secretly recording things that he says. Um, and she's also hearing, like, private moments between him and her mother, him and her much younger brother, um, and it's just, it, it's breaking her heart and making her sad. And also she's determined to turn him into this computer virus so everyone will know him and remember him. Um, and she's putting on this brave front for her, her younger brother. But, you know, she's obviously devastated. But it's, it's also very humorous. Um, he's really great with humor in dark situations. Uh, so it's this, like, sort of humorous but also heartbreaking story. It's, it's you know, I teared up quite a bit. Um... It's about losing someone close to you, and it's about mourning someone before they're even gone, and about how quickly, you know, time passes and, you know, cherish what you have sort of lesson. But it's it's not schmoopy. It's fantastic. Again, it's called Malagash, and it's by Joey Como. I'm just going to continue on my theme so far for the day. My next pick is We Were Eight Years in Power by ta Coates. This is a collection of essays. Some of them are new. Some of them have been previously published. So it's functionally new and selected essays um, that deal with the eight years that Obama was in the highest office in the land. Um, it's a deep analysis of the Obama era, good and bad. ta Coates is not, you know, just a blind fan 
Uh, of Barack Obama's. And it's an interesting trajectory that he had because in the first part of the very first Obama administration, Coates was just an up-and-coming writer on the internet. And by the end of the eighth year, he was interviewing President Obama in the Oval Office. And so there's this trajectory of Coates's own career development from being an outsider to getting to see the administration from within, along with the analysis here. Uh, And it also looks at the return of white supremacy in America, functionally in response to how people felt, how some people felt, about seeing a black man hold the highest office in the land. Um, This includes some of Coates's biggest and most famous work, including the really incredible piece called The Case for Reparations that ran in the Atlantic a couple of years ago. That was like a months-long researched project that was a a super long read. I remember spending like the better part of a workday digesting that. And so it's contained in We Were Eight Years in Power, and it is definitely something to revisit and to pour over and really take some time with. I'm really glad to have these essays that I've read before. Um, I had seen most of the previously published ones when they were originally published, but there's something really nice about having them in print and being able to revisit them and spend more time with them than I would when I was reading them on the internet. And I don't always have that response to reading a collection that includes previously published work. Sometimes it's like, well, I've already read this piece. I don't need to go back to it. But Coates's work is so rich um, and nuanced and not perfect by any stretch. Um, and there are some interesting and valid criticisms of him that you can find around as well. Um, but it is so rich and nuanced, it is worth coming back to it in print. The new pieces are as sharp and as scathing in parts as you would expect them to be if you're familiar with his work at all. Um, and if you're not familiar with his work and you're looking for a contemporary uh, Black writer's thoughts about what is going on in America today, but how we have ended up here... Coates is a good one to start with. Of course, you know, no one is the voice for everybody. Um, so don't just read Ta-Nehisi Coates, but there are a lot of really uh, powerful ideas in this collection. So again, it's called We Were Eight Years in Power, a new collection of essays and selected ones by Ta-Nehisi Coates. It's so good. It is. It's really good. and so important. And we should mention again, our friends at Print Bookstore in Portland, Maine are donating a portion of um, every copy of this book sold to an organization that supports Black educators in Charlottesville. Um, So they were doing that during the pre-order period. We talked about it on the show then, but they've decided to extend that promotion through the rest of the year. So if you're going to buy a copy of this book, um, give a Google to our friends at Print Bookstore in Portland, Maine, and maybe consider ordering it from them so that you're also supporting a great cause. Nice. I know. Um, so you know how awkward I am when I meet authors. Like it's just, I, I do know that. Yes. It's embarrassing. And I just, I get so tongue tied and I just fall all over myself, but I actually, uh, fell, almost fell over Jennifer Egan. Um, one time I literally <laughs> came around the corner and she was sitting on the floor in a bookstore and I tripped and, and almost fell like pretty much on her Um, But I'm so glad that I didn't squish her because we now have (laughs) my next pick, Manhattan Beach by Jennifer Egan. Um, It's her first book in seven years. Can you believe it? Has it been seven years? Right? I know. (gasps) Boon Squad was seven years ago. Um, And this one also made the National Book Award long list. Um, And it's her first, like, real historical fiction. Like, in The Invisible Circus, they go back a little bit in time, but this one's, like, way back, way back, like you know, 100 years ago, because did anything else happen before then? Who knows? Um, it's about, uh, it opens with a girl, she's named Anna Dexter, and she's 12 years old, and she has 
gone on a trip with her father to meet a man named Dexter Stiles. Uh, Anna and her family are poor, and they live in a little tiny ha- apartment, and it's the Great Depression, and times are tough. And they, he brings her to this really lavish, you know, house with these little kids who have these great toys, and and uh, she's really impressed by Dexter Stiles. He's very, he's very dapper, and... You know, after the meeting, you know, he, her father tells Anna not to tell anybody that they had been there. Um, and you kind of learn that, like, her father, Eddie, is working as a bag man for Dexter Styles. He's not really on the, um, the level, I guess I should say. And so then years later, you learn Anna's father has disappeared. Um, Anna is now working at the Brooklyn Naval Yard. She is the first female diver. She has this very dangerous job because um, it's it's now, you know, a time of war and the soldiers are gone, so the women have come in to replace them and she has this job as a diver, you know, fixing ships underwater. Um, she was devastated when her father went missing and she also was left to help take care of her sister um, who is disabled and, and doesn't speak. And so she's left with her mother and her sister and one night, she's out at a nightclub, and she runs into Dexter Styles again. And she sort of learns her father's motivations, like why he worked for Dexter, and also why he disappeared. It's a story about fathers and daughters, but it's also a story about New York City and those time periods. It's such a, the city is like such a big character in the novel. There's sailors and gangsters and soldiers, and, you know, she goes to jazz clubs and you know, the streets of New York, and it's all set around, like, the Great Depression and World War II, and I, I'm i gonna say, you know, I read this book, and I was like, that was good, and then, like, the more I sat with it, the more I was like, that was really good. Oh. Um, like, do you ever have those? It snuck up on you, yeah. Yeah. Usually, it goes the other way for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll read something, and then I'll be like, yeah, but this and this and... Mm. But this one, I was like, that was really good. Um, she's just such an exquisite storyteller, and it's it's a fantastic novel, and I hope it sneaks up on everyone else. It's called Manhattan Beach, and it's by Jennifer Egan, who I did not squish. <laughs> I'm going to be sneaking up on that one really soon. I did not get to it since I knew you were going to talk about it today, but I can't wait. I can't believe it's been seven years since Goon Squad. That, I'm, so I'm feeling, crazy. feeling my bookish gray hair is coming out now. Um, Want to tell me about our next sponsor? Yes, another great book that is out today. It is 27 Hours by Tristina Wright from Entangled Teen. Rumor Mora fears two things, hellhounds he can't kill and failure. Jude Welton has two dreams, for humans to stop killing monsters and for his strange abilities to vanish. Can a boy who loves monsters fall for a boy who kills them? Ings Lorca keeps two secrets, that's a lot of words, keeps two secrets. The moon speaks to her and she's in love with her BFF, Dahlia. Brayden Tennant wants two things, to leave his mother's shadow and to unlearn Epsilon's darkest secret. If they can't stop the war of extinction, their wishes will never come true, and the things they fear will be all that's left. This is a great book. It's a debut novel by Tristina Wright, and it's the first book in the Nightside Saga. It's for fans of the world building in Shades of Earth, or the war and changing perspective about the enemy in Legends, um, or the diversity of sound by Alexander Duncan. It's, it's really great. She's a new author, getting tons of reviews. Again, it's called 27 Hours by Tristina Wright. It's out from Entangled Teen, and we thank them for sponsoring. All right. Okay. One of the most exciting segments of the year has come. <laughs> it's new Dan Brown Day, and as I am recording this on Monday, 
I have the new Dan Brown book in my hands. You this do? morning. I know. This morning, uh, the doorbell rang at like 9.45, which is earlier than UPS normally comes. And it wasn't a regular UPS truck. It was like a an, oh, like an unmarked UPS <laughs> Like a fancy one with... Van. Yeah, like... <laughs> And I was like, "What? What's coming to you to me from UPS?" And it was a Random House envelope, and I opened it, and it is the new Dan Brown book. Which there are never really galleys of the new Dan no. Brown book, and this is like the finished hardcover. I don't know who decided to send it to me early. If it was you, and you're listening to this show, I love you. Um, and basically, I have been working this morning so that I can go this afternoon and read the new Dan Brown book that I thought I was going to have to go to the store tomorrow morning and buy on, you know, release day, like everybody else. So I'm feeling a little bit fancy, and I am so excited. I have not read this book because basically no one but the New York Times critic has read this book. Does it self-destruct after, like, so many? Um, I I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Although if that's how I'm going to go out, getting like exploded by a Dan Brown book would be pretty all right with me. Um, it would so, look good on a tombstone. Exploded by a Dan new, Brown. Yeah, no kidding. If you are new here, the Dan Brown love is 100% authentic. Like this is not an ironic bit that I do or that Jeff does on the Book Riot podcast. I love him. I think his books are really fun. He knows what they are. They're not trying to be like great literature, but there's always a caper and big puzzles to solve and so many random facts about so much artwork and history. And so this book sees the return of noted symbologist Robert Langdon and presumably his Mickey Mouse watch. He is attending a uh, special evening gala event at which a billionaire who has like incredible high-tech inventions is supposed to announce his new breakthrough that will answer two of the fundamental questions about human existence, which I've said on previous shows, I assume to be like, how did we get here and what's it all about? Um, by tomorrow, I'll be able to tell you if those are the two questions. And something happens, and Robert Langdon and the guests of the gala find themselves at risk. And the big breakthrough is threatened with being destroyed and without, like, the world won't ever be able to see what this big breakthrough was because someone doesn't want it to get out. And so Robert Langdon and presumably a kicky girl uh, sidekick with a nice ponytail. I thought you said a kinky girl. I was like, a kinky girl. Oh, no. (laughs) That's a a totally different book series. (laughs) Like a kicky girl, a sidekick, you know, quirky. Okay. Uh, not quite Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Uh, if they're kinky, that is fan fiction that I have not yet discovered uh, <laughs> on the internet. Uh, so it's a Dan Brown novel. I don't know where it will fall in the pantheon of Dan Brown novels. Angels and Demons is my personal favorite. Um, but I am here for capers and symbology puzzles and just all the ridiculous fun of a Dan Brown novel. It's also exactly what I need after like 10 days of travel. I'm starting to get a cold. I just want to curl up on the couch. And I'm so happy uh, that I get to read this super soon. This is the book I'm going to be reading next when we get to the last segment of the show. Spoiler. Well, I know. So as you are listening to this on Tuesday, the new Dan Brown book is available to you anywhere as well. And I would love to hear about your thoughts and talk about it with you. Um, I I love them. I think he is so much fun. So it's Dude, origin. He lives here. I know. Oh, oh. also... It's there's a great profile of him in the New York Times this week where uh, he like he and his wife have this really interesting house and he makes the interviewer promise that he won't present the house as ostentatious and the interviewer is like it's not really ostentatious it's more fantastically bonkers. 
The whole interview is bonkers. <laughs> it's so great. So, and he does live near you, right? You've met him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's super nice. He's a really, really nice guy. Sometime you'll have to come visit me, and I'll I'll drive you past his not ostentatious house. <laughs> to- it's a totally normal thing. We'll be Instagramming. Like, here we are standing outside Dan Brown's house in a totally non-creepy way. <laughs> and you can look at it from far away. You can't really get that close. Oh, okay. Not that I've tried. No, really. I, I haven't tried. I'm serious. You can just, I can just know where it is. <laughs> All right. Let's walk it back before this segment gets weird. That's Origin by Dan Brown. <laughs> yeah. Did you have to like do a, a, an eyeball scan or anything when you signed for it? Or I didn't even have to sign for it. They just handed it to me. And like, usually I pile up my book mail and I go through it once or twice a week, but I was just sort of absentmindedly like, I guess I'll open this now. And then I opened it and I was like, well, thank goodness I didn't just like let this sit in my office yeah, for a week. you would have been sad. Maybe, maybe Dee Brizzle sent it to you. <gasps> maybe he did. Yeah. There was no note. There was definitely no puzzle to solve. It's crazy. But a girl can dream. Yeah. Well, it's time for my last book. Now that we're totally off the rails. Um, my last pick is Reservoir 13 by John McGregor. This was on the Man Liquor Bong list, but uh, sadly did not make the short list. Um, but it's so good. I will definitely be reading some more of his stuff. I think this is his fourth novel or fifth novel. I had never read him before. Um, this is a book for people who love to read books with amazing writing and a plot that is sort of beside the point. Um, this, okay. if you like those kind of books, cause there are, you know, like tinkers and you know, stuff like that. This one is absolutely perfect. It's, it's set in an English village. And at the beginning of the book, um, 13 year old Rebecca Shaw has gone missing. Um, it's just, it's like right around Christmas or just after Christmas, if I remember correctly. Um, the whole town joins in the search. Uh, you know, they're going, they've decided like, okay, no one knows where she is. She's definitely missing. So they start searching all over. There's no trace of her. Um, she was there with her parents. They were renting a house in the town. Um, you know, there are journalists everywhere, like, camped out, out outside that house. And, you know, people are looking and speculating. And days turn into weeks. And still there's no sign of her. And, you know, weeks turn into months. And it's sort of like about, like, how does a village decide when it's appropriate to, you know, stop searching or... You know, when it's appropriate to hold a dance, like they've canceled some events when she first went missing, but now, you know, it's like, when do we start, you know, doing all the, when do things go back to normal, even though, of course, they're not normal because there's a young girl who's missing from their village. Um, you know, how do the teachers react? You know, how do they talk to the children? And, you know, we, months turn into years, um, and, you know, all these things happen. Gossip, people are just speculating on what could have happened. Some people might know things, some people might not. They think they know things. It's the story of a village and the way life shifts around a tragedy. Um, and also, his his writing is so fantastic. It's just absolutely gorgeous landscape descriptions just everywhere, all over the place. Um, just, you know, reservoirs and moors, which, to me, I don't even actually really know what a moor is still. Like, to me, it's, like, foggy field. Like, it's sure. basically what I think of as a moor. Um, this is going to sound weird, but, like, if you want to read a book for the sake of tickling your brain with words, like if you just really like lots of words on a page or when you feel like there are more words than there actually are and it just makes your brain all fuzzy and great, um, this is a great book for that. It's, it's His writing is so fantastic. And again, it is called Reservoir 13 by John McGregor. All right. I have a kind of a 
two fur, multiple fur situation here for my last pick. Um, so for the first part of it, I want to shout out that Talking As Fast As I Can by Lauren Graham from the Gilmore Girls and more recently, the was it Parenthood? That was, yes, Parenthood um, was the series that she was on. Um, this is her memoir. It covers a lot of the Gilmore Girls years. It's out in paperback this week. It's also super fun on audio. Like, this is not going to change your life. It is not a memoir slash self-help book, so it's also not like Year of Yes. But if you like the Gilmore Girls um, and you're interested in Lauren Graham's life and career and sort of some of the overlap, like one of the, her fellow actors on Parenthood was also her husband, how they met, those kinds of things. It's a fun celebrity memoir. It's well-written. She's written a few novels, so she's also not a stranger to the process of writing a book. I really enjoyed listening to it on audio last year. If you're just looking for something light and fun, that's in paperback now. Again, it's called Talking As Fast As I Can. Um, And also today is... Best American Books Day. Um, the good folks at Houghton Mifflin Harcourt put out the Best American series every fall. Um, my consistent favorite each year is the Best American Short Stories. This year's is edited by Meg Wallitzer, and it is a just a really phenomenal collection of short stories that she has pulled together. But there's also like the Best American Mystery Stories, the Best American Sports Writing, the Best American Nonfiction, uh, Best American Essays. And this year, the essays are edited by Leslie Jameson. So that's also an awesome collection. Um, if you're looking for a cool way to discover a bunch of great writers at once, I can't think of really a better way to do it than picking up a Best American collection going to the pieces that you like the best and then looking up those writers' full books and their other work. Um, Just a really fun day to be a reader. And so again, that is the Best American collection from Houghton Mifflin Harcourt. Those are all out today. I always go for the infographics and the comics first. Oh, I love the infographics one. And that's relatively new. Super nerdy fun. Yes. Yes. I hope there's one this year now that I've said it. I'm pretty sure there is one. I got it last year. Um, Yeah. Anyway, lots of cool choices there for readers. So those are the new books this week. What are you going to go read now? Well, first, first I wanted to do a little thing. I wanted to do just oh, like yeah. a, light, a lightning round. A little lightning round because there are mm-hmm. so many great books out today that we didn't get to talk about. And first and foremost, we would love to do a shout out to Karina, one of our Book Riot contributors. She's a contributing editor. Her, her I think it's her first book, if I'm not mistaken, also out from HMH, it's The Vanderbeekers of 141st Street by Karina Yank Glazier. It's about five siblings who are fighting eviction. It's a middle grade book. It's so cute, and I believe there's already going to be a sequel. Um, so congratulations to Karina. She's awesome. Uh, there's also This Is How It Begins by Joan Dempsey, which is about free speech and long-buried secrets. Uh, An Unkindness of Ghosts from River Solomon. It's a dystopia aboard a ship. Um, the fancy people are at the top, the people at the bottom, not so much. They're the survivors of Earth that used to be. Um, there's Going Into Town, the new Roz Chast, which is her love letter to New York City. Also, great cartoons, Baking with Kafka by Tom Gauls, which is a collection of literary cartoons. So if you like books, you have to have this book. Um, the Last Ballad by Wiley Cash. He is consistently wonderful. Another great novel from him. That Inevitable Victorian Thing by E.K. Johnston, which is a feminist, futuristic YA novel about royals and genetics. And there's The Glass Eye by Janine Venasco. It's a, fa- a fantastic memoir out from Tin House. Fresh Complaint, Jeffrey Eugenides, short stories. Um, and The Tiger's Daughter by K. Arsenal Rivera, which is an epic fantasy trilogy out from Tor. All fantastic. All highly recommended. 
And that's it. Now I'm done. All right. So now what are you going to go read? I am in the middle of reading. I was so excited when I got this. It's The Merry Spinster, Tales of Everyday Horror from Mallory Ortberg. It's so great. Ooh. It's just hilarious little strange stories. Um, which it says it's adapted from her beloved children's stories made horrific series, which I'm not familiar with. So, but it's awesome. They're so, so cool and funny. It's called Feminist Mischief. And you're going to read the new Dan Brown. I'm going to read the new Dan Brown and also a book called Altered Traits. Science reveals how meditation changes your mind, brain, and body. It's by Daniel Goleman and Richard Davidson. Um, Daniel Goleman is sort of the American father of contemporary mindfulness. And this is science about what goes on in your brain when you're meditating and sort of the long-term effects on cognitive health from having a meditation practice. And so like the intersection of like yoga and science is where I live. And that's pretty interesting to me. Imagine if you opened the Dan Brown book and it was hollowed out and there was a Bible inside (laughs) or a tape recorder, a bottle of whiskey. A bottle of whiskey. If Dan Brown wants to send me hollowed out books with bottles of whiskey, I am here to be his pen pal. That would be great. (laughs) All right. We have made it through the show. Thank you again to our sponsors, Lighter Than My Shadow and 27 Hours. We'll have links to those in the show notes and you can pick them up wherever books are sold. If you've got something to say to us, you can drop us a line at allthebooks at bookriot.com or hit us up on Twitter. I'm Rebecca Shinsky, S-C-H-I-N-S-K-Y. Liberty is Miss Liberty. And if you would take a minute to rate or review the show on Apple Podcasts, that lets us know how we're doing. And it also juices up the Apple algorithm so that other readers who are looking for a great bookish podcast, which we're pretty sure this is, can find their way to us. Before I continue, I just want to do a shout out to Kyle, who edits the podcast. We don't say thank you enough on the air, I don't think. Thank you, Kyle. He's going to be removing some things from this podcast, including the bad word I accidentally said, which you won't hear because Kyle will take it out because he's that good at his job. So thank you, Kyle. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books today, we just don't have the time. But you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. And in the meantime, in the meantime, happy reading. reading.